we're going to study today some life-changing words from the New Testament book of Hebrews. You may want to turn there in your Bible or your device, or you can just follow along on the screen. As the name Hebrews implies, uh, this is a letter written to a church that was made primarily up of Hebrew followers of Jesus, uh, believers who were under a lot of pressure, uh, those who were threatened, uh, who were being conformed and uh, were surrounded by forces that wanted them to shrink back in fear and give up on following Jesus altogether. So to counteract this, the author of Hebrews gives them a word from God that would give them everything they need to live with total confidence if they would just hold on to it. As we read in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 23. Let us hold on unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. Here, God's word says that the secret to confidence as a Christ follower is holding on to hope. But it's important I understand what hope is uh, as it's defined here in the Bible, because as it turns out, uh, the Bible's definition of hope is different than how we tend to use it today. Today, we use the word hope as a term for wishful thinking. Right now, you may be saying, oh, I hope this is a short sermon. <laughs> that is wishful thinking. As you will find out two hours from now, wishful thinking is a waste of time. When the Bible talks about hope, it is not wishful thinking. It is confidence. For instance, when the Apostle Paul refers to the second coming of Jesus in Titus chapter 2, verse 13, he calls it the blessed hope. And by hope, Jesus, Paul is not making a wish about Jesus. Paul's not saying, oh, I sure wish that Jesus would just come back. Oh, I hope he comes back because it would be so great to see him again. No, Paul's blessed hope is not a wish. It is an absolute certainty and a confidence that Jesus will fulfill what he has promised. So what is hope? In the Bible's definition, hope is an absolute confidence in God's promise. By calling me to hope, God is calling me to hold on to an unshakable confidence in his unshakable promise. But what is the promise? Well, you, we can tell by the context here that the author has a particular promise in mind. The promise comes earlier in Hebrews chapter 10. Uh, the promise is shocking. You ready? Here it is. God's promise. When I receive forgiveness through faith in the sacrifice of Jesus, I am perfect in God's eyes. Now you may be saying, I thought you said this was not wishful thinking. Uh, well, this promise may sound like a wild wish, but it's not. If I am a forgiven follower of Jesus, God promises that I am perfect in his eyes. A promise that appears here in Hebrews chapter 10 at verses 10 and 14 as we read. We have been made holy through the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ once for all, because by one sacrifice he has made perfect perfect forever those who are being made holy. 
So let's study these phrases by uh, keying in on a very important word here, uh, and that is the word holy. We need to define the word holy because it's not a word that gets used much outside of church. And if it does get used, it's usually not in a very positive context. Uh, for instance, if you're a uh, single woman and you're looking for a potential someone uh, and you're on Tinder or uh, Match.com uh, and Greg's profile says, I have a pet fish because fish adore me. I love all kinds of smelly cheese and... I'm in the process of being made holy. My guess is you will swipe left. You will decline, and it won't be because of a pet fish or smelly cheese. Quick tip, outside of church, it's probably not a good idea for you to go around saying, I'm perfect in God's eyes because you will be misunderstood. I am holy in Christ, perfect in Christ, but I don't go around saying I'm holy because outside church, People don't know the Bible's definition of the word. It's not because, according to God's word, I'm not holy because of what I do for God, but because of what Jesus did for me. I'm holy not because I'm someone great, but because I belong to someone great. I'm holy not because I've done anything to deserve God's love. It's because I've simply received God's love, which I could never deserve. The Bible's definition of holy means being Perfectly excellent like God, holy means something or someone who belongs to this perfect God or who is used for God's perfect glory. And the last line in this Hebrews promise says that those who are in Jesus are being made holy. Now notice the tense here. It's an ongoing process, which is exactly what I experience as a Christ follower. I know I sin, I know I make mistakes, that sometimes I seriously fail in big ways, but I also know that God is involved in my life such that I am gradually being made more like Jesus over time. I know that as I read it, read it and live it, I read God's word and live it, God is changing me from someone who is selfish and greedy all of the time, and I'm gradually being changed into someone who is a more helping and giving and loving person. Through the indwelling spirit of Jesus, over time, I am being made holy. But now, you ready? We're ready to go to the amazing part of this promise from God. Because notice the tense change. Notice the tense change in the other words of uh, this promise from God in Hebrews 10. I have been made holy through the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ once for all, because by one sacrifice, he has made me perfect forever. Notice the tense here. It's not being made. I have been made holy and perfect in God's eyes. God's promise is that when I become his child through faith in Jesus, I've already become perfect in his eyes. Not someday, but today, right now, and then forever. This promise is not only shocking, it goes against everything I assume 
about my relationship with God. I mean, I understand that I have a love relationship with God through my faith in Jesus. But if I am honest, the type of relationship I assume that I have with God is that he kind of holds his nose around me. I mean, God sees everything. He sees the floating garbage on the harbor of my heart floating around. I know who I am in my impurity, and I know who God is in his sinless perfection. So here's what I assume about my relationship with God. I assume that because Jesus paid for my sin, God is now forced to accept me. But just because God has to accept me doesn't mean he has to like me. I figure God accepts me like I accept some of the weirdos in my extended family. I've got some wacko distant relatives who are distant for a reason. But because they're my family, I have to love them. But just because I have to love them doesn't mean I have to like them. And I figure God is just like that. God accepts me into his family, but I figure God kind of holds his nose around me saying, Steve, I love you. There's nothing to really like about you, but I do love you. That's the kind of relationship I think I have with God, that God has with me. But over and over in Scripture, God promises that my assumptions are dead wrong. Here in Hebrews 10 and elsewhere in Scripture, God reveals that I am perfect. I am perfect in His eyes. That's all because of Jesus. God's promise is, one, I am being perfected in Christ, but two, I am already perfect in Christ. Now, this may seem like a contradiction. <laughs> you may be saying, how can I be both? How can I be both in the process of perfection and already completely perfect? The reason this seems like a contradiction to me is because I can only see the present tense, the present moment. God, however, is above time. God sees the present tense, uh, the, the past tense, the present tense, and the future tense all at the same time because God is over the timeline. God sees my present where I am filled with his spirit, but I struggle every day with my failures. I wrestle every day with my weaknesses. God sees me now in the herky-jerky process of becoming a little bit more like Jesus but God sees more than my present struggles. Right now, God also sees my future perfection in Christ. Right now, God sees me in the glorious future beyond this struggle on earth. Right now, God sees me beyond that day when I uh, wrestle now with my weakness and I stand completely restored and completely the person he created me to be. Because after all, Jesus did not come and die on the cross just to make me acceptable. He died on the cross to make me perfect and fully restored into the person that God created me to be. God sees me as fully restored right now. 
And so, right now, I am perfect in God's eyes. And this idea that a Christ follower is perfect in the eyes of God is not only everywhere here in the letter uh, to the Hebrews, but it's also a major theme of the Apostle Paul, who says in Colossians chapter 1, for instance, we proclaim Jesus, admonishing and teaching you with all wisdom, so that we may present you perfect, perfect in Christ. God promises that he does not hold his nose around you. God is a father who sees how perfect you are when you grow up. And he wants you to live now in confidence as you hold on to his vision of who you are in Christ. Now, you may not know this, uh, those of you who have been around BlackRock for a long time, you may not know this, but we have uh, people who attend this church who are in show business or who are trying to get into show business. Not a lot of people, but there are some people uh, here. And when you're modeling or uh, you're on Broadway or in the TV industry or you're trying to get in, uh, the most important part of your promotional packet is something called your headshot. A headshot is a photograph that shows you at your most handsome and beautiful best. But headshots are doctored photographs. They're always airbrushed. Uh, so there's not one defect on your photographed face. Uh, headshots are always doctored to make your teeth whiter, uh, your eyes brighter, your body slimmer. And People are always proud of these uh, headshots, and so sometimes they'll, they'll bring their headshots in and show me. And whenever they show them to me, I always say the same thing. I say, wow, this is beautiful. Who is it? <laughs> oh, it's, it's, it's you. And then I try, as tactfully as I can, I try, I try to say something like, oh, this, is, this photograph is so amazing. Uh, don't you think they're going to be a little disappointed when they actually meet you? And then they tell me, no, that's not, that's not what a headshot is. A headshot is not supposed to be reality. It's supposed to be your potential. <laughs> it, it reflects the, how you could look uh, with a lot of makeup and soft lighting and special effects. Uh, a headshot photo is something untrue when it comes to a promotional packet. But if you are God's child through Jesus, when God sees you, he sees your headshot, and it's all true. It's the headshot of the inside of you, which is now being made holy, where your sin scholars are being healed, where your imperfections are being cleansed, where you are being airbrushed by the Holy Spirit indwelling you so that you're becoming more and more the person God created you originally to be. And God wants you to know that when he sees you today, he sees your heavenly headshot. And your headshot is perfect. And he can't wait for you to see who you are. God promises that this headshot is real. It's not fantasy. And one day you will stand before him and you will see it. 
even though you can't see the perfect you now, right now, you can live with the confidence that comes with this perfection if you hold on to that promise. If you hold on to God's promise, you will have hope, where hope means that you can live each day with a fearless confidence. So hold on. But you know, the only way that you can hold on to the truths of God's Word is to read it. Now remember, uh, in January, uh, over 700 of us signed up for a read through the Bible in a year reading plan uh, that we would do together. We are now uh, at the halfway moment and uh, here in June, and my guess is a good number of us have fallen behind, and we're about to give up. Don't give up. Just pick up tomorrow, starting as if you are perfect, <laughs> as if you are perfect, because you are. You know, and freedom from guilt is just one of the implications of this truth, that you are perfect in Jesus. Since in God's eyes you are perfect, you can be confident that God's love for you is unconditional, that you are 100% guilt-free in God's eyes. Your present struggles are part of His perfection process in your life. You will become the perfect person you're created to be. You have nothing to fear from God. You have everything you need in God. You never have a reason to give up. God's voice in our text screams out those words, hold on. Hold on unswervingly to your hope, to your confidence in my promise to you, God says. And the Hebrew author says, hold on, because he's writing to people who feel defeated and who want to just give up. And maybe you feel like that right now. Maybe you have a low self-image in Christ where you doubt God's love for you because of your mistakes. You doubt God can use you because you fall short. You keep trying to improve. You keep trying to measure up, but now you just want to give up. Well, God has a solution for your low self-image. The solution is to stop trying and start trusting. The solution is not trying more. The solution is believing more. The solution is to hold on to God's promise of who God sees when he sees you. David Ring was born dead. Uh, the umbilical cord was wrapped around his tiny head, which meant that he entered this world without breath and without a beating heart. By some miracle, David survived. But his brain was damaged, such that to this day, David speaks with a very slow, slurred speech, and he has a shriveled hand and a pronounced limb, a limp. These challenges made growing up hard. Uh, he was rejected. He was ridiculed at school. At 10 years old then, David's father died. And then three years later, his mother was diagnosed with cancer. And this little David prayed to God, God, please don't take my mommy. If you love me, please let her live. But six months later, she was gone. And so David Ring became a bitter teenager who was angry at God, who hated the world, who was depressed and alone, wanted to die. 
And you know, kids can be cruel. And uh, they called David brainless and worthless and useless. And that's what he believed was true when it came to him. That's who he thought he was. But then one Sunday, someone invited him to church for the first time in his life. And what David heard changed every thought he had about who he was and who God was. He heard that God loved him enough to die on the cross for him. He heard that God was with him in the womb and that the miracle was God's miracle of life. He heard that God was with him when he was alone and friendless and that Jesus knew how that felt. He heard how in God's eyes, he was not worthless, but that in Jesus, he was loved and forgiven and was perfect in God's eyes. And so as a teenager, David Ring received God's forgiveness and began to follow Jesus. And everyone could see that he was totally changed. He had a new self-image in God's love. And because David saw himself as a new person, everyone else saw him as a new person. Gradually, they stopped picking on David, and he became the most respected kid in his high school. He became vice president of the class the next year, and the principal asked him to speak to the whole student body. So David spoke about Jesus. And so many students responded to his message of a new self-image through God's love that he knew that this is what he was born to do, that this is what God was calling him to do for his life. The doctors said that David wouldn't live past 30 years old. He's 63 now and going strong. The doctors said that he would never have kids. He has a wife and four children today. And David Ring is a Bible teacher who has spoken to over 6,000 churches around the world about how he is living proof that holding on to God's promise of who you are in God's eyes changes everything. That holding on to God's vision of your future self empowers you with a Christ-centered self-confidence right now. So hold on to your heavenly headshot. Hold on to your headshot in Jesus. God promises that he is taking all the imperfect things that seem like random difficulties in your life, and he's creating someone perfect. And that someone is you. And God promises that one day you will see who you are now. One day you will see what God sees in you right now. But until that day, hold on to God's word. Hold on to God's promises. Hold on to your confidence in Christ. Hold on to hope. We want to thank you for watching and listening to our sermons online. And we hope that uh, you will be inspired to live more like Jesus through these. Please check out blackrock.org for more information about our church. Know that you can subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. And also uh, know that you can give uh, to BlackRock and to our ministry through PushPay, through our mobile app, and on our website. Your uh, donations and your support of our ministry allows us to have uh, these videos online and for us to impact our community.